this is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 103-inch. On this week's episode, we interview Chris Waffle of the acoustic nerd rock super duo Mega Thruster. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. This is Weird Al Yankovic, and you are listening to Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Me Podcast. For the first time in four weeks, we are not interviewing Joel Miller this week. (laughs) (laughs) I think I got more text and messages about Joel Miller's appearance on our podcast than pretty much any other guest we've ever had on the podcast. I mean, on one hand... He was on three episodes in a row, so there's more time for someone to text or message you about it. (laughs) But I I think probably what you're trying to say, Dave, is that interview in all three parts were pretty stinking majestic. Yeah, I was so glad to hear that everyone enjoyed our three-part interview with Joel Miller just so much. Now, we recorded that, like we said, about a year ago, and we wanted to save it for a special occasion. And I have to say... I think we made the right choice. I think that interview was really cool. It was a really great way to celebrate hitting that milestone of 100 inches. Oh yeah, for sure. Joel told so many great stories that have never ever been heard by anyone other than me, you, maybe Al and Joel, you know, (laughs) before. Just getting to listen back to that after a year and getting to relive all of the humor. I mean, Joel is so funny. Maybe one of the funniest people we've ever had on the show. I just was cracking up listening back to it. Yeah, and I think we just scratched the surface with Joel and all of his stories that he has to tell. He probably has so many more stories that he can share with us. So hopefully one day we will have him back on again. That would be awesome. I mean, listening back, I couldn't believe how many more questions I had with each thing he said. And I can't believe we talked to him for, you know, almost three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Ethan, would you say that our interview with Joel Miller was a real monkey party? I would absolutely say it was a monkey party. (laughs) (laughs) I love that phrase. I'm going to start using that all the time now. (laughs) Well, as luck would have it, we're actually about two and a half weeks away from our own monkey party. Oh, yeah. Our big, exciting two-year anniversary concert with Trevor Strong of the Amazing Arrogant Worms. The concert will be held on our actual two-year anniversary, Saturday, May 8th. And it's a special perk for our Patreon supporters, their families, anyone who lives in their house at the $5 tier or above. And we're so excited for them to join us. Oh, yeah. Trevor's going to be performing some pretty stinking majestic songs, including some from the Arrogant Worms catalog and his own cover versions of Weird Al songs. You do not want to miss this concert. Now, RSVPs are required because slots are limited. So if you want to go, make sure ASAP. You RSVP to frank at 2000inch.com. Yeah, and if you're not a Patreon supporter yet, it's not too late. You can join now by visiting patreon.com slash 2000inch for access to this exclusive concert event. Plus, you'll be supporting the podcast and you're going to get all the perks of being a member of the Patreon family, like getting to hear our black and white and weird all over bonus episodes before they're published. 
Well, I'm so excited for that monkey party to start. And it's only two and a half weeks away, so it's coming up. Make sure you RSVP. Make sure you join Patreon if you have not already. You want to be at this concert event. Last week was really exciting for us, Dave, because we each got our very own copies of The Ruins of Our Past by Sebastian Shepard in the mail. How awesome! That was such a nice surprise. Now, we all know Sebastian Shepard from our episode 87 inch. It is the pen name for David Grant. We had such a fun interview with David Grant. He told us all about his book and, and so much more, you know, his comedy rap persona, his other personas, interviewing George R.R. R. Martin. Oh, Paul is dying. Oh, no, Paul. Calm down, Ethan. I'm just doing the ad. Oh, trapped beneath the ice on Christmas Eve. Paul revisits the events of his past and the ghosts of those who haunt him. Yikers! Spooky! Still doing the ad, Ethan. Oh, oh, phew. The only one who can rescue him is a twisted Santa Claus. Oh, like in the night Santa went crazy? Exactly. What happens to Paul? Well, Ethan, you're just going to have to read The Ruins of Our Past by Sebastian Shepard to find out. Oh, well, good thing I have one in my mailbox. It's not doing you much good in your mailbox. You should probably take it out and actually read it. Ah, okay. Head on over to wolfinwool.com for information about The Ruins of Our Past by Sebastian Shepard and David's other great projects. And now it's time for us to do the ad. No, we just finished the ad. Oh, well, in that case, let's move on to This Week in Weird Al Related News. The big news, Star Wars Detours is coming to Disney Plus next month. After years of mystery surrounding the Star Wars parody show, Star Wars Detours by the Robot Chicken Guys, it has been reported that the series will drop on May 4th, Star Wars Day on Disney+. Plus. Now, if you remember, as we reported late last year, in what appeared to be a not-so-accidental leak, an episode featuring Weird Al as the voice of Forlom, the bounty hunter, showed up on Reddit and was even promoted by Weird Al himself before it was, quote-unquote, taken down. Well, here's hoping that Forlom shows up in more than just that one episode. In other news this week, Weird Al makes yet another voice appearance on the TV show American Dad. American Dad started its 18th season this week with a bang! As reported by our friend and Patreon supporter Joe Jaffa, the episode Who Smarted, that premiered on Monday night, again featured the song Rabotage that Weird Al recorded for a previous episode. And he said it even showed up twice in the episode. Very cool. It's nice to see that the folks over at American Dad are getting as much use out of that song as possible. <laughs> yes. I mean, I know that if somehow... Weird Al were to do like a cameo on our podcast, we would be promoting the heck out of it and we would never stop talking about it. So I totally understand that oh, what they're going through. <laughs> totally. Well, here's hoping one day we get to experience something like that. Now, this is exciting news. Jim Kimo West will be a live guest on the show Guitars in the Round with Tasha Gherkin and Dakota Dave Hall on Sunday night. Yes, that is this coming Sunday, April 25th at 11 a.m. Hollywood Star Time, 2 p.m. Burrito Burrito Time. The best way to watch the live stream is by joining the Guitars in the Round Facebook group. So 
Be sure to join that ahead of Sunday's concert. So there's some more exciting Weird Al news coming up this Friday, April 23rd. And that is Weird Al's appearance in Tiny Tim, King for a Day will finally be coming to actual theaters. Yes, so Tiny Tim, King for a Day. Of course, this is the documentary we talked about with the producer and Tiny Tim biographer and historian Justin A. Martell back on episode 71 Inch. Weird Al is featured in the documentary as the voice behind Tiny Tim's diary entries. We've both seen the Tiny Tim King for a Day documentary, and we absolutely love it. We know you all are going to love it as well. Definitely see it if you get the chance. I'm sure it will be really fun with an audience for all the humor and all the shocking parts. Ooh, we know that sound. That sound means that our intern Frank had bean burritos for lunch again. And it also means that we received a message on the 347 Spatula Hotline. The 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of David Ethan's 2002 Weird Al podcast, is sponsored by Angel Valenzuela and David Cash, two amazing Weird Al fans and podcast supporters. All right, let's take a listen to this week's voicemail message. Hey, Dave, Ethan, and intern Frank, this is Dustin calling from Indiana, and um, just want to let you know that I really love the uh, Gil Miller episodes, loved them all, and of course, really enjoyed hearing all the different stories, behind-the-scenes things that has happened to Al um, over his career, and uh, also want to let you guys know that Weird Al and um, Rick Derringer will be on Hangin' and Bangin' episode number 46 on April the 22nd, and um, that's on the Artists on Lockdown YouTube channel. And then just says it'll be, again, um, April 22nd, Hanging and Banging, number 46, Weird Al and Rick Derringer. Um, I recall back in, uh, I think it was 1986, where Al and Rick were on an episode of Howard Stern. So I hope in this episode we'll get some responses to some unanswered questions I've had since 1986. And I've been uh, really looking forward to this um, episode and also looking forward to your podcast. Thanks so much. Oh, cool. I remember when Weird Al and Rick Derringer were both on the Howard Stern show together. This sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun as well. Yeah. Dustin, thank you so much for giving us the heads up. That's coming up quick. Can't wait to check out Weird Al and Rick Derringer on Carmen Apiece, Vinny Apiece, and Ron Onesti's show on Thursday. Oh, we got another call on the 347 Spatula Hotline. Let's take a listen. Hey, Dave. Hey, Ethan. It's one of your majestic Patreon subscribers, Heather, here. So I recently had the opportunity to try that famous footstep recipe made by the one and only David Footman mentioned in your 97-inch episode. And so I just wanted to give my review of it. So it's very delicious dangerously delicious. If I was not aware beforehand of what went into this thing, I would have felt my skull collapse in on itself the next day from that footstep. You do not taste the alcohol in it. So the taste is very similar to that of a Shirley Temple meets a jungle juice sort of concoction. It's very fruity, tropical tasting, pretty much what you'd expect of a well-done fruit punch. If the traditional Shirley Temple is named after the cute child actor, the footstep clearly has the alcoholic mixture that is modeled after the hardened adult post-Hollywood Shirley, who, after spending years in the jungle becoming jaded and rough, has finally returned back home, and she is out for revenge by hitting hard. That is the footstep. So going into this, I wasn't sure if I was going to survive, a risk that I was willing to take for this, but I was reassured that the funeral expenses would have been covered if that were the case. That made me feel a little bit better until I had to find out that 
Frank would be in charge of that. And it's just like, come on, Frank? Out of everybody? But luckily I didn't die, so you don't have to worry about that. So it tastes good. I'm glad that I got to try it once in my life. But it's really like deep fried Oreos. Tastes heckin' good, but you're really chancing fate if you're going to get sick afterwards or not. And you really shouldn't have it more than once every five years if you plan on living a moderately long, healthy life. All right, so that's my review. Everybody's been warned. Looking forward to hearing more episodes and checking out those cool Patreon secrets and exclusives. Later. Wow! Heather, thank you so much for the call and for reviewing The Footstep. Finally! Yes, and as all our Patreon supporters are briefed, the funeral package available is restricted to Frank being in charge of your funeral, he decides what everybody sees, and he only has a budget of, like, $12. Yeah, but it'll be great. Just just trust Frank. But anyway, yeah, thank you so much for risking your life trying the footstep. I personally cannot wait to try it myself. And I personally cannot wait to try the footstep either. Well, Dave, you don't drink alcohol, you know, the... Footstep, it's an alcoholic beverage. Oh, yeah, I know about the alcoholic footstep beverage. I actually meant taking a footstep as in walking. I can't wait to try a footstep in my brand new pair of shoes. Dave, don't wear those shoes. Don't tell me what to do. Anyway, back on topic. I really enjoyed your review, Heather. Thank you for sharing that with us, and I hope you will continue to review more things for us. Oh, what about a burrito burrito? Sure. This week's episode is brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped-in-a-quesadilla Burrito Burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and at burritosquared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a Burrito Burrito Burrito, but every Burrito 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 can be Burrito Burritoed. From Troy to Uranus, Burrito Burrito is out of this world! Oh, I, I, I meant... Heather could review a burrito burrito for our show. Yeah, she could do that. Or she could review our reading of the burrito burrito ad every week. That would probably get old pretty quick. Anyway, I think it's about time for this week's interview. All right, so there's this really cool song out there called Weird Al Rules, and I was hooked the second I saw the title. Ethan and I were both big fans, and we both understand that statement. But once you dig a little bit further into the song, it's actually a really heartfelt song with a very important message. And today on the podcast, we have with us the man behind the song. Now, you've heard him on the Dr. Demento Show and The Fump. He's one half of the comedy duo Hot Waffles. He's one half of the nerdy rock band. Mega Thruster, and he's 100% of the band, The Chris Waffle Explosion. It's our great pleasure to welcome Chris Waffle to the podcast. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Hey, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. You bet. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I was trying to think back, Chris. I, I think I first saw your name on the alt.music weird-al news groups way back when, probably in the <laughs> late 90s. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. That's right. I remember those days. That's actually, that's funny because I have kind of an embarrassing, I'd like to get something off my chest now that since you mentioned that, and I didn't even know you were going to mention it, but I have something Uh to get off my chest because um, I've been carrying me, I've been carrying this with me for, well, ever since that time. How long is that? How long has it been now? 20 years or something? 25. Right. Um, Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, well. So I was, I was, uh, yeah, so I was definitely a part of that and I would chime in 
I was just happy to see other Weird Al fans in the universe because, you know, I was, you know, with me and maybe a couple of my buddies, you know, in school, um, you know, it was it was few and far between, you know, uh, to find a Weird Al fan, you know, of our caliber. And so I was on that Usenet and um, when Running With Scissors came out, uh, and right, you know, yeah. the saga begins, right? This is the video yeah. for Al's song, right? Comes out, and uh, I was very excited and very excited for the like. I, I took off from work on my lunch break, I got the album, I the video premiered, and I was super into it. And, and people were talking about it on that chat on the, the Usenet um, chat, whatever it was called. Um, and I was and I posted on there and <laughs> so I we can all agree I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. We can all agree that Al is an amazingly talented musician, right? Of course. Oh without a doubt, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Um but he's not known for playing guitar, right? <laughs> so, right. Right. At the, at the end of the at the end of the video, he's in the desert. You know, and it kind of the break, and the he it kind of the band falls away, and it's just him and the guitar, and he's singing, "My, my, this your Anakin guy," you know. And the way he's playing the guitar, because he doesn't he didn't know how to play the guitar, was was I noticed he was kind of just moving his hand up down the fret a little bit. So on the <laughs> Usenet thing, I was like, "Come on, Al, that's not how you play guitar." And I was I was in my heart just kind of teasing, like I was. It wasn't like a real criticism, <laughs> and <Okay>. um. <laughs> And I kind of posted this thing. But I think if you were just reading it, it would sound like an internet troll just being a jerk, right? But I was like, <laughs> right. I was kind of like, that's not, I forget exactly what I wrote. It's been a long time, but I was like, that's not how you play guitar. Come on, or something like that. And then um, I didn't think anything of it. Year, a few years go by. I'm watching him or listening to an interview. I don't know where it was. I actually tried to find it later, but I remember clearly seeing an interview or he's and he's talking about it and he mentions that he goes and some guy is like that's not how you play guitar and i was like screw you and i was like oh my god that was me (laughs) (laughs) and like my heart sank and i was like oh no does al think i'm just like this troll a-hole like busting his chops you know and like nitpicking this thing i was just joking around so al if you're listening i deeply deeply apologize did not mean that i was i love the video i thought it was awesome your your fake guitar playing is amazing um and i just i hope that actually my wife is like you shouldn't even tell that story he's probably doesn't even he doesn't know who you are he doesn't care he probably doesn't even know and i was like i have to get this off my chest regardless i don't care if i'm just calling myself out like i've carried it with me but now that i've said it and i've spoken it out loud and i can i feel like oh it's just like a huge weight is lift off i lift it off my shoulder right now you know i'm, I'm picturing that scene from adam sandler's billy madison with uh, Steve Buscemi, and I feel like Al has just crossed your name off the people to kill list. So I, I think you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. No, yeah, yeah. Ho- I hope so. I hope. I hope he's like, all right, Chris Walfa, you're 
we'll let bygones be bygones now and it's like <laughs> al's enemy list he has like an enemy list in his no i right. apparently he's like the nicest guy you could ever meet but you don't know maybe he has an enemies list in his closet you know and hidden away the dark side of Al that doesn't exist. Chris, looking at the, you know your history of music, I think anyone who's familiar with your work will know that you're a Star Wars fan. Is there a force explanation that you know Obi Wan Kenobi would be able to play the guitar by moving his hands incorrectly? Oh my gosh, that is a great point. I never thought of that, <laughs> but I think <laughs> I think you're totally onto something. Where you could say, you know what. You could use, you know, it's not, if you have the force, you wouldn't even need to press your fingers down in the right spot. It would be, you know, the force is, is creating the chords, <laughs> right? And your hand is just like, you know, it's like you move your hand to lift the X-Wing fighter out of the swamp. You know, you, <laughs> right. rub, you know, you put your hand around the, around the neck of the guitar and it just plays. That yeah. actually makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like Weird Al's at home right now saying, that's exactly what I was going for. Obi-Wan yeah. playing with the Force. Why like, did Chris not see that 25 years ago? Why? Exactly. That's why I was so pissed. He didn't get it at all. He thinks he's a Star Wars fan. Right. Time Magazine called Chris Waffle a professional Star Warsian. He doesn't know shit. <laughs> I had it on lock. You know. Chris, it's obvious that your fandom of Weird Al has lasted decades. When do you first remember becoming a Weird Al fan? Uh, 100%. I remember uh, watching Eat It for the first time on MTV one night uh, in the living room of our of our house. We had my family had had the Thriller album, and we we played it in the car. We all sang it. We knew all the songs by heart. And so we really liked Thriller, you know. We were I, mean, I had Michael I had a Michael Jackson poster on my wall and one one night, you know, we were just watching I think I had MTV on after school. It was one early one evening. Well, maybe my mom was making dinner and and Edith just came on and my jaw hit the floor <laughs> and I just thought it was the most amazing thing. I mean, I was young, but I thought it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And, uh, you know, the Michael Jackson poster went off the wall and um, and I just couldn't stop talking about it. And my mom was like, well, OK, you know, and I was just like, no, you don't understand. This is the most important work of of art that is that has been created in by 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 humanity. You know, and she's like, what? And I'm like, now I know what I want to do when I grow up. And she was like, oh, boy. Wow. Um, and that was. That was it. But then, you know, I was so young and I didn't even really have a record player. I didn't, you know, have any real music to listen to my own. But then I had my dad buy me uh, Dare to be Stupid, mm-hmm. um, which was the first record I ever owned. Um, and actually, I was I brought that to the Self-Indulgent Tour when he came to, to Portland and, and Al signed it. So oh, that was wow. the first record I ever bought. Wow. Oh, nice. So oh, cool. that was uh that was very cool. That was a cool moment for him to, to sign that. I've had it all these years. So, um, but yeah, from there it was, yeah, it was, uh, I was dialed in for sure. Right. And that of course led, I guess, to your, you getting into comedy music, uh, along with your brother, Tim with hot waffles, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I was in some, you know, I, I was in, 
a couple of bands that I created in in high school that were was more um, after when I got into high school, I discovered this is Spinal Tap, mm-hmm. and so oh, yeah, yeah, that was a big driving force for me too. I'm a huge fan of satire, so kind of my love of Al, my love of Spinal Tap, and I was trying to do those kind of things. And so I had written some parodies, but they just weren't great. And and honestly, you can't top Al's parodies, you know. And and I was always more drawn to the originals, uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the parodies, and they make me laugh. But I, I feel like when I want to listen to music, I always return to the originals. And so um, I started writing kind of my original songs, and and they were they were kind of um, more of a satirical like in a, in a spinal tap vein. And then uh, I went to college and yeah, everyone kind of moves away after graduation. Those bands broke up and um, I went to college and started a radio show at Cal State Long Beach on their student radio station. And mm-hmm. then I asked my brother to, I was like, you want to form a band? And so, yeah, so we came up with Hot Waffles and there were a few different iterations uh, of that as well but it was a lot of fun and for those at home who are, are wondering is waffle is it a stage name is that your real name well it's uh yeah it's it's belgian in origin <laughs> and um so thank you thank you uh, <laughs> i got it i got it <laughs> it is, it yeah. is. <laughs> i got kevin smith laughed at that joke more than you guys but i i appreciate it <laughs> um Oh, hey, uh, it is. So it is a a lot of people don't know this. And it was something I kept secret for a long time. But it is a stage name. Ah. And uh, my brother, Tim, we're, we're, we're half brothers. And I thought it would be funny if we had if we you know, we don't look a ton alike. And if we were, you know, like the Ramones were like Joey Ramone, like they were all had the last name Ramone. Right. You know, so I wanted to do something like that. And we were trying to think of a name. And um, I had this special edition CD-ROM of This Is Spinal Tap. And as one of the extras, it had this long list of every name that Spinal Tap had gone through. And it was just a ridiculous list of all these ridiculous yeah. name band names. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, one of them was Hot Waffles. Oh, and wow. I la- oh, no when way. I was reading the list <laughs> and I got to that and I just started busting up and I called my brother on my this pre-cell phone. I called him up and I said, "Hey, I got it." And I kind of I go, "I'm Chris Waffle, you're Tim Waffle, and together we're Hot Waffles." And he laughed and that was what it was. So, I'm actually I feel like wow. I've been I've been I've been Chris Waffle actually longer than my actual last name. Um, I never really changed. I didn't change it legally uh, because my family on my dad's side is pretty small. And my my father passed away a few years ago. And so um, I was like, well, I'm not I, I'm going to, you know, to honor my my family. I'm not going to change it legally. But um, Facebook thinks it's my real name. So I might as well. be. <laughs> wow. I, I always thought it was your real name. So you pulled one over on me for the last. Well, there it is. Years. I know that's a you've got a you've got a I've never revealed that in any interview. So this is an exclusive. Wow. For you guys. Wow. Sorry, Joe Miller. You don't have all the good stories. <laughs> 
so he does. He does have Joel, all the good Joel Miller, but... if that is your real name. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. He could be Joel Waffle. We don't know. <laughs> so you start the band Hot Waffles, and how soon does Hot Waffles cover Waffle King? Oh, gosh. That was... Uh... That was pretty early. I um, we were we started playing shows as like a full band. But my brother was playing drums at first, and I was playing bass. And then we had this other guy playing guitar. And we were kind of like a power trio, you know. We were playing around Orange County a lot with uh, like Joe and the Chicken Heads. Oh, and I know um, those guys. Or or they're they're. Yeah, they're called the Radioactive Chicken Heads. Yeah. Um, now, and we were playing a lot of shows with them and doing these funny kind of all-ages shows. And uh, I, I, w- I went online and through my the radio show I was doing called the All You Can Eat Buffet of Musical Madness, <laughs> because I love super long, overly complicated <laughs> titles. Um, they are, like, hard to type out. Uh, I... It's like filled with us too. Us too, definitely. Yeah, we can. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you guys get it. You guys get it. Um, I started meeting people like Grant Bachoko throwing toasters, and um, you know Jeff Smith, Jeff and Matt from Raymond and Scum, and um, you know Luke Ski would come out i had all these people on the the show you know either some some of them were at the campus and they were just doing funny little things mm-hmm. you know at school and then they, they went off to do you know whatever their career was and then but i started getting people you know when people came to town um you know as kind of a to guest on this on the show and perform on the on my show and i was just having a blast i loved interviewing people and it was a lot of fun and then through that um started just getting into that online world where, you know, like-minded people were, were doing it. But I was having trouble because, you know, I was kind of financially, I didn't have a ton of money to put into like recording. Well, I was trying to get like a little home studio thing going. I had a four track at one point. It didn't sound (laughs) real great. Um, You know, had trouble affording a studio. Um, But we did. So you asked me about uh, the Waffle King. Yeah. Yeah. The first, the first cover I did was Mr. Frump and the Iron Lung, and I think that was on uh, Prosthetic Lips, and I recorded that in my living room, and instead of a Mr. Frump sound, we had a, I used a slide whistle, and it was just really <laughs> weird. <laughs> and uh like i have my my i don't think we i don't think my my ex-wife i don't think we were married at the time she played like keyboard on it. Wow. And uh, <laughs> I just sang. We just kind of sang it in this microphone. And I don't. I haven't heard it in so long. But that was my first. It was Mr. Frump and the Iron Lung was my first thing that was released. It's not. It was. I don't. Don't go and try to find it. It's not worth it. But um. <laughs> but then then so then after that so that was like in the late you know the the late nineties and then I think maybe early two thousands where I do this uh, version of of the Waffle King because I was Chris Waffle. And um, <laughs> he had a song called "I'm the Waffle King," and I thought, well, it's like a, it's like peanut butter and jelly. It's like it goes right together. So <laughs> I kind of I worked up something for that, and you know, I'm li- I listen to it now. And I'm like, well, I tried. 
<laughs> it must have been decent enough because it did make it on me myself and i tribute album there so now you've got two songs on weird al tribute albums yeah yeah i don't know if that was uh they were just taking pity on me because i was trying my best or i'm not sure but no i, I appreciate it it was fun i love covers of al's stuff i love i love different takes on it um i have a I have an old uh, record by by a band called Your Mother. Yes, yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, do you have you guys heard that? Super, it's like these punk rock versions of some of the songs. It's really, it was really interesting. Yeah, so I I love that stuff. Yeah, we've had uh, Craig Billmeyer from Your Mother on the podcast before. Yeah, we absolutely love that band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was awesome. So you mentioned that you did college radio, and I guess you were at California State University in Long Beach. And there's a Weird Al story related to this. You actually had the pleasure on your radio program to world premiere a Weird Al song. Can you tell us how that (laughs) happened? Oh, that was a highlight. (laughs) It was a truck driving song. So, well, I guess spoiler alert to the end of the story, but I'll start, I'll go backwards to the beginning of the story. Um, you know, I, I was, I've been getting more and more uh, people on this show and they had actually moved the, when the, when I, the, when I first had this show, the, the, stu- the, this student studio was kind of in this closet in the, the far off building. And it was like technology from the seventies. And then someone got a grant to like redo it in the new student union that they created. And so and then it was all fancy. And so then I felt more confident to, to try to get higher profile people to come in <laughs> and I do my show on Saturday mornings and um, to, you know, try to make it easy and stuff. And, and so I was, people were coming on and, and it was, I was just having a blast and I re- reached out to John Bermuda Schwartz just tried to do an interview because I, you know, I knew he, he wasn't too far away and he agreed for some reason. And, <laughs> and he goes, well, he goes, you know, we just finished, you know, kind of mixing and we've got, you know, the album's not out yet. There was nothing about it. You know, we didn't know anything about it, what any of the songs were going to be. And he's like, you know, the mixing's done, you know, everything's done and I've got it and I will do, I'll, I'll just do a premiere, just a little clip just a little clip of it and stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, sure. You know what? <laughs> so he comes on and we do the interview. And I kept saying song. I knew it was just like it was literally like a one second like clip just as a joke. <laughs> but I kept saying song. Just I was so excited. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, and he, so he's like correcting me. He's like, he's like, it's just a clip. And I'm like, no, no, I know. And so, you know, he's got it on his CD. So I hit play and it's just like the last chord of the song. Blum, and kind of, and it, you know, it, plays, it plays, it kind of fades out. And I was like, wow. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was, it was, I know it was supposed to be a joke, but I was actually super excited. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my life yeah. will never top this moment. <laughs> I mean, here we are talking about it 20 plus years later. <laughs> yeah. World premiere. I remember it happening, Chris. Do you really? <laughs> yeah, I remember. You must have posted something on All Thought Music Weird oh, Ash I'm Al sure. that it was going to happen. And and I remember, like, I'm trying to, to listen to this 
uh, radio station over the internet, and I've got it kind of feeded through, you know, a really primitive boombox that I have so I could record it because I'm thinking, you know, Bermuda's bringing a Weird Al song to <laughs> and going to play something. And even if it's a short clip, it's still brand new Weird Al stuff I have not heard. Yeah. So I just remember being so excited about it. And then the payoff to that joke was was incredible and and I loved it. But technically, you did you did premiere thank a Weird you. Al song on your radio show. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, and thank you, thank you, John. It was a it was an amazing moment. I is I remember it really better than my kids being born. I remember exactly where I was. I was sitting down in the chair behind the the, the control panel. And uh, it was cool. I think I actually still have the CD somewhere where it's just that. It's just one track and you play it. It's wow. just that. Wow. It's just that strum at the end of the truck driving song. <laughs> That's incredible. He, he wouldn't even tell me what the song. I only he wouldn't tell me anything about the album. He wouldn't tell me what the song was. He was very tight lipped. And I think, you know, I think it's important to Al and the band that everything be a, a cool surprise, you know, when it's released. Right. And he wouldn't really yeah. tell me about it, but I was just like, I want to hear more of this song. <laughs> Absolutely. I think for months, probably months, uh, we that's all we knew about the new album was just this one little chord and, the, and that one of the titles had a T in it. Because yeah. I think he said it had a T in it, right? The title has it starts oh, with a Yeah, tea. that's what it was. Yeah. And he goes, because I was like, what's it called? Yeah. And he goes, well, it has a T. And it did. It had, it had, it had two T's. <laughs> wow. And I think he did an interview, too, where... You know, he did an, an online interview or something, and I asked, you know, are you going to have a, uh, are you going to do a ska, you know, pastiche, you know, style parody? And he was like, yeah, I am. And uh, so that was the uh, the horoscope. Yeah. Now, I understand you also worked with Bermuda again on a music project. Yeah, that was, and that was, so that was, this was in 2004, and the the group, the comedy duo Raymond and Scum were recording an album and I was playing bass. I played bass on a couple of their albums and um, they apparently asked John, maybe you can have him on the show and ask, ask them, tell him this story. I don't remember how it came about, but they asked him, hey, will you play, will you play drums on a couple of our songs? And he said, yeah. <laughs> and so we ended up at in Whittier at like Matt's parents' house and recording and you know he set everything up we kind of recorded in his bedroom um because the they they had a friend who was um you had like a home like recording studio set up which is i mean today that's it's kind of common and you can have a lot of really great you can make a really great sounding studio in your house but back then it was harder and so but he had his setup and he he set it up, and I got there early to kind of lay down my bass tracks, and um, I just thought it was awesome. We have a there's a picture of like the four of us, you know, John and <laughs> myself and Matt and Jeff, like on the steps of his house, um, and uh, Matt and Jeff are so tall, and I'm not that tall, but I stood up a step above to kind of make it look like I was like a similar height to them. So if you see that picture, it's like, I'm actually not that tall, but, uh, uh, 
it was it was interesting because they would I think they did this with him and they would do it with me. They'd be like, oh, here's a little demo of how the song goes. Show up and just like record it. And, um, you know, this might be hard for the listeners at home to believe. I'm not that great of a bass player. I, I got, got kind of I got capable and I was like, ah, that's good enough. And so <laughs> I'm sure I'm better now. But I show up and I'm like, OK, and I'm, I'm like, oh, you know, I'll do this little bass line here, and we're kind of recording and um, trying to do. And I'm thinking in my mind, I was like, "Yeah, I'm really nailing this." But you know, John, John comes in, and he's like, you know, and he's just like, he needs like two takes max. He's like pro all the way, like knocking it out of the ballpark. Sounds amazing. And we're kind of, um, we were talking about, and he he was like, well. I forget what we were talking about, but it kind of came up that like the, the rhythm was a little off, you know, and it was me basically. It was like, <laughs> well, you know, and I was like, uh, and I'm like, okay, you know, and, and you know, he's used to playing with, with Steve J. I am can't play with, I can't compete with that. You know? And I'm like, okay. And I forget what the comment was. He said something like, well, you know, we, we all do our try our best or something like that. No, I, oh, I just no. started laughing. <laughs> I just started like la- they all started busting up, and I, you know, I could make fun of myself, and I was like, okay, well, I'm like, well, I'm not Steve J, that's for sure. I'm like, I was doing the best I can, but you know, he was he was being super cool about it. It was fun. I could laugh. Yeah, you know, like it was, it was. I was like, well, he's like, well, the base is it's 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 there, you know. Okay. <laughs> uh, well hey you wow. got to you got to record with john bermuda schwartz not only your radio show but also on some music how cool is that you know <laughs> uh, yeah i'm not i'm not complaining i can listen to those songs and i'm like there's john's drums and there's my my passable bass i know hopefully they fixed it in post or something i'm like just go in there and edit it so i'm like on the beat <laughs> So, Chris, you've been a member of several bands that have actually been played on Dr. Demento. What was it like hearing one of your songs on Dr. Demento? Oh, man. So, you know, that was another thing that that Al introduced me to, because I after, you know, seeing Eat It for the first time and getting super into Al, I saw at the video store a copy of The Complete Al, and which I got. And I just watched it over and over and over again. And in there is where I first heard about Dr. Demento. So after that, I, w- I listened to Dr. Demento every week, Sunday nights. Um, it was on KDON in San Jose when, at the, when I was that age. And, um, you know, I would listen to it. My mom would say, you can stay up. Because I think it, would, it was like it would start from it would end at like 11 or something. It, would, it, was, it was later than I usually stayed up. My mom said, you can stay as long as you get up for school the next day you know <laughs> stay up as late as you want so i would i say okay so i set my alarm i listened to to dr demento and so i mean it was it was religious you know every sunday that was my church yeah was was <laughs> listening to dr demento on on sunday night and so um to hear him you know play one of my songs um you know, I'm not as cool as like Luke Ski and Devo Spice and Insaney, and they're all in the top 20 countdown uh, every year. But um, he's played my stuff a, a few times, and it's always just a great honor. Um, it, it's just a, it's just a great honor. I we, if I could go back and tell my nerdy 
self yeah you know hey you're gonna be playing on right. dr meno i'd be like hey i don't need to accomplish anything else in life <laughs> you know perfect <laughs> but probably the coolest one of the coolest things though was actually getting to go to his house he actually he, when i lived in orange county he wasn't he, he lived pretty close to me hmm. and so um i had done a kind of a duo rap song with uh you guys are familiar with luke ski right yeah great luke ski of course Um, oh sure of course and yeah so i had done a a a thing he was coming out to get interviewed on dr demano's show and luke was like you want to do this new song we'll do it live so i we went over and i got to see dr demano's uh you know house i was where he has his records in the in the side building and And he took us on a tour wow. and everything, and then and then where he recorded it, and then Luke and I did the song live on his show, and then we went to lunch with him. It was awesome. Wow. Oh wow. And 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 Doctor Mino also he did a, a live he did a live uh, performance of um, he does like a live show like a live version of his show, and he did that on um, at the. Uh, junior college that i had gone to previously and i reached out to him and he let us do a little set in between his sets wow and for the for the people so that oh, was cool. that was super cool too so yeah no i have a lot of great great memories for that and now he comes up to portland where i am now and does a thing at reed college every year uh and so i can go and and watch that and say hi to him and yeah, it's it's been great. He's awesome. I mean, him and Al and everybody's just there's just a great it's a great cool community to be in when you're when you're creating this stuff and everybody's just really great. Oh, for sure. It's a good group. Do you remember the first song of yours that Dr. Demento played? He <laughs> I suddenly I do. And this is not <laughs> it wouldn't have been my choice. But um, so right when I first started, I was like, I'm going to be, a, you know, you know, what's going to be big in the future? Comedy music. Everybody's going to love it. So I'm going to do that. And I have my four track machine and I created this parody. This, I was still kind of writing parodies sometimes. OK. And I wrote a parody. It was when the new Star Wars was going to come out. So another Star Wars song. I do Star Wars songs like Al does songs about food. So like this is, you know, I, um, so the, the new, the new Star Wars was going to come back. So this is like 1996, like it hadn't come out yet. And, but, but the trailers had come out and I was like, what is it? Where are the stormtroopers? Right. There's no stormtroopers. It's a prequel, but there's right, no stormtroopers right. aren't, don't exist yet. But I was like, well, this is this Star Wars. And so um, I did a parody of Where Have All the Cowboys Gone by, oh, I don't remember her name now. And I called it Where Have All the Troopers Gone. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it was a pretty bad, like the quality wasn't that great. But when it got to the, but I was playing the parts of like super nerds. So like I was singing it like I was a really... I, I had like a nasally voice and I, I did it like as two characters. I had like a nasally voice nerd and then a guy who sounded like the comic book shop guy from the Simpsons. Right. And then so, you know, and I kind of, I kind of layered them together and it, it was, but when it got to the, the, the chorus, I, I sing it bad on purpose, you know, the, 
I so it, it sounded bad. So he, he 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 played it as kind of part of the audio torture chamber and kind of so he plays the song and it gets to the chorus and he just kind of fades it out and goes, <laughs> "Okay, well anyway, that's a that's a song." You know, and I, <laughs> So I was like, "Oh, I was like, well, on one point, on one hand, I got played on Dr. Nemeno. On the other hand, I don't know if I want anyone to know that I was played on Dr. Nemeno <laughs> with this one. Why did I Why did I send it to him? Wow. But, oh, then, uh, but then years later, years later, my song, Living on a Roll in a Prayer, was played, and it ended up on one of the basement tapes, and that was a huge. Wow. That was a huge honor. Oh, so. how cool. Oh, nice. I got yeah. it. I was more proud of that one by far. <laughs> right. Now, Dave mentioned this at the beginning of the interview, and I'd, I'd love to hear the story behind it. Your song from your band Megathruster called Weird Al Rules. What is the origin of that? And tell us about the song. So I start working on songs for the second Megathruster album. And this, at the time, that album was very much about a lot of what was on my mind was the fact that Donald Trump had just won the presidency. So won't get political, but that was weighing heavily on my mind when I was writing the album. Okay. And one thing that I'd been thinking a lot about was um, bullying. And I was, I was very bullied uh, for, uh, you know, the stuff I liked and then just kind of being this, this nerd. And, um, you know, I was overweight. I was short and my clothes were messed up and, you know, just, you know, you, I was I was very much kind of picked on and and bullied and uh I was I talking a lot about it with with my current wife I started getting these memories back kind of you know telling her about these things and and you know we'd have been married a couple of years but you know I started telling her kind of about this stuff that had happened and she said I think it would be good for you to write a song about that hmm. I think it would help you kind of get that stuff kind of out of your you know you've suppressed it you know in the back of your mind it might help you to really make something out and it might help people to know that you know that stuff happened to you because one of the stories was and basically what the song is about is in junior high i wrote i had these like it was it wasn't really a trapper keeper but the kind of these this binder and i took a, a sharpie marker and i wrote weird al rules really i'm huge big bold letters and all capital <laughs> letters on it and uh man these guys saw it one day and they were like weird al rules weird al is the f word you know and knocked it out of my hand pushed me down and mm. um i was like no i was like i it and i didn't i refused to let them win and i just kept and i'd get a new one and i'd write it again and um so uh, you know, my, so my wife's like, well, look, well, you know, and then I go, you know, they were telling you that stuff and doing this, but look, you, you, you grew up and look at our amazing life and look at the stuff you've been able to do. And you play these shows and met these people and, and it, it got better. You know, you didn't, they, what they were telling you, you were a loser and all this is not true. So that was kind of, it, it was very hard for me to kind of go to that place and write. I very much. Um, and this was especially the case with Hot Waffles was like, I'm not, you know, I'm Chris Waffle, this character, and I'm just going to put a wall up and make jokes about everything and everything's a joke. And, um, you know, this was I had to tear that wall down and kind of go into like a really 
kind of uncomfortable place for mm-hmm. me, even though it's been all these years. Um, and and kind of talk about it, like all that stuff that happened in the all the this whole song is if you listen to it, all that stuff is true. Um, you know, and there's much more that didn't make the song, but um, you know, that was the kind of the the gist of it. And so, you know, and not to say that again, I I'm not. I, I, there are a lot of worse childhoods out there, um, but I feel like for um, people now, also something that was happening at the same time in the town that I lived in was, um, you know, things for the LGBTQ community. Um, the town was kind of having a backlash against um, some of the LGBTQ community. It's kind of a long story, but but that was, you know, that I was thinking a lot about that, too. You know, and mm. and just bullies in general, and 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 so yeah, so that was that was what it was behind it. I called it Weird Al Rules because that's what I wrote on my binder. I didn't really think that I didn't think about this, but now I wonder if it, after it was released, I was like, are people thinking Weird Al Rules? This is going to be a song about how awesome Weird Al is, and kind of this like tribute to his awesomeness, you know, because he rules. But it's like, and then you listen to it, and you're like, "Oh, I want to cry now." You know, I didn't really think about that when I when I came out up with the title, but um, you know, so I wasn't trying to trick anyone. But that it's just that's what that's how it came out, and that's what I that's what I called it. And um, I got uh, Aubrey Weber from uh, an amazing group group called the Double Clicks uh, plays cello on it, and. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I have only performed it live. I've only performed it live once. And I, uh, yeah, cause it's, it's a little, it's, 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 it, it's, a, it takes me to an uncomfortable place that, and a lot of memories I don't like to think about. So I only, have only performed it once, but it got a really good reception. And, and I got, for instance, uh, I got contacted, uh, by someone, you know, I'm a teacher in Florida and I played your video and your song for the kids in my class. And it created a really good discussion about bullying and things like that. And oh, wow. I've, I've gotten contacted from people who've reached out to me. So um, that, that really meant a lot. And it, it did, it, it kind of helped me resolve some of those, some of those feelings from being just kind of put down and beat up all the time, especially in junior high. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was really cool. Yeah, I mean, I definitely encourage any of our listeners who haven't heard it yet to seek out this song, Weird Al Rules by Mega Thruster. I mean, like you said, it, it's really an emotional, a deep, heartfelt song. And you can tell that you, you know, you put your heart into it. And I understand listening to it, you know, I, I kind of tear up for that kid in that song, for you in that song, as I'm listening to it each and every time. So it, it de- it's definitely an emotional song. And it definitely um, touches on the subject of bullying, you know, in general and how, you know, you as a person overcame that bullying. So it's definitely a song I would recommend any of our listeners go out and seek out if they have not heard already. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I think it could have been, it would have been really much, it would have been much easier for me at that age to been like, I don't like weird Al. What are you talking about? And then like ran home and listened to weird Al, like, you know, and (laughs) not tell anyone, you know, but instead I was, I had a really big mouth and I was just like, no, you know what? Weird Al rules. I play Dungeons and Dragons. You know, you're the one who's lame, not me. And then, you know, and then I'd find myself upside down in a trash can. But, um, you know, I, I tried. I tried. I was always representing for Weird Al, no matter what. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Right. I think there's probably a lot of people out there who who kind of had to hide their Weird Al fandom for reasons like that, you know, or any of their nerdy, geeky fandoms, you know, Harry Potter, Star Wars, anything else, you know, that typically isn't mainstream and people would get picked on for. So it, sorry you had to go through all that, but uh, I'm glad that you were able to uh, put that song out. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It 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 really it it just like my wife said, she's always right and she's listening to this. <laughs> I, she's always right and and it was actually very therapeutic for me to kind of go to that place and then to hear people say, "Yeah, you know what? That something like that happened to me or or yeah, that you know that song was was really good, and it it made me think about things or whatever. You know, everyone everyone's got you know kind of a you know a trauma or, or something that's happened to them, and so um, so yeah, so I I went out of my comfort zone, and now it's it'll be back to Star Wars songs again, ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> you performed at Alfest two thousand nine. Can you tell us what that experience was like? Yes, in beautiful Costa Mesa, California. Ooh. It was it was a ton, it was a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah. It was a ton of fun. And oh, what I remember from it is um I wanted to like make a new song about Weird Al. I would always do this to my brother. So like we would never practice. And then I would be like, the you know, two days before a show, I'd be like, I have a new song we should do. <laughs> and then, you know, we barely, we'd barely learn it and it would just be bad. So like, so I was like, I have a new song called The Night Weird Al Came to Town. And it was, I don't even barely remember this song because we only performed it that once and like never revisited because it didn't really go over <laughs> that well. But I was like, I was like, Weird Al fans are going to like eat this up. It's about Weird Al coming to town, and it's basically it was about my first time seeing Al in concert, which was um, in Mountain View when he was touring with the Monkees. That was my very first concert I had ever been to in my life, and so I kind of made up a song kind of about that experience, about about that going. But I wanted it kind of for some reason when I was writing it, I was like, this should be a new wave song. So I kind of made it like a new, I don't know why, uh, like a new wave <laughs> song. And it just, I don't even know. I probably forgot some of the lyrics. My brother didn't know how to play it. And it probably went over pretty poorly. Um, we never kind of revisited that. So I, that's one thing I remember. The other thing I remember is that then there were, we all, you know, the, the other performers who were there had like booths in the back of the place. So it's like the stage is way in the front and then there was chairs and then booths are in the back facing the stage which I thought was cool because I wanted to see everyone perform and still man my booth. And so, um, you know, some other acts go on and, and, you know, throwing toasters is there and some others. And uh, Jim West is like the headliner and he comes up and starts doing his awesome slack key stuff and everything. And I'm kind of watching it. And then he starts doing this amazing cover of, you guys have probably heard it, but he starts doing an amazing cover of uh, Buy Me a Condo. <laughs> right, yeah. And um, which I had never heard him do. It was like a surprise to me. So, I, you know, I immediately recognized it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he's playing this is awesome. You know, and he's singing it and he's doing it. And, like, someone comes up to the, the, my booth, like, wants to buy an album 
you know, like when I, you know, I had some stuff for sale. It's like, she's like, oh, you know, album, $10 or something. And I'm like, shh, I'm like, I'm like scoot over. I'm, I'm trying to watch Jim play Buy Me a Condo. And she's trying to buy it. And I'm like, no, no, not now. Not now. Take, take it and go. Jim West is playing Buy Me a Condo. Get out of here. So I don't think, didn't really make a fan that day, but I, I had a. I had a great time. And then I walk out, and in the lobby, you know, Ruben is out there and Victoria Jackson, and everybody's kind of just chatting around. I was like, this is kind of surreal, but it's super cool. Wow. <laughs> so, long story short, Jim West is amazing. Don't, if I'm watching Jim West, don't come between me and the stage because I'm, <laughs> I'm concentrating. <laughs> We hear you on that one. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% agree. Okay, excellent. Good. All right. You guys are on my side, right? You made the right call. Yeah, the nerve of that woman. Okay. Exactly. How dare you try to buy one of my albums? Can't you see who's on stage? You don't want this crap. Well, Chris, this has been really cool getting to chat with you. For information on your music, we can head to megathruster.com. That's for your acoustic rock music, including Weird Al Rules. You also have a another persona, a comedy rap persona, the Chris Waffle Explosion. And uh, we can get, uh, get information <laughs> yes. at chriswaffle.bandcamp.com. On Instagram, you are the Waffle King, or just Waffle King. Waffle King, yes. <laughs> And uh, real quick before we go, I'd love if you could give us uh, a little bit of information about your YouTube channel, Nerds in Oregon. Yeah. So along with all that stuff, uh, my wife and I uh, started a, a vlog on you on uh, YouTube. So and this is also where my Chris Waffle Explosion music videos are. But it's we love to travel. And so we started kind of a couple. There's a ton of these, but. We love traveling. We love theme parks. We love crazy little hole-in-the-wall places. And so we started a travel vlog where we just kind of go and, and try to do – a lot of it's just kind of funny and tongue-in-cheek. But, um, we yeah, we do uh, – we just kind of do videos of, kind of about whatever kind of what wherever we're doing. I don't know if there's even an overall theme because it has a bunch of crazy stuff, but um, <laughs> we have, we have, we have a big series about our trip to Japan and oh, cool. we took a road trip. We took a road trip through the Midwest to get our puppy during the pandemic. And that was weird. And then uh, Joel, the other half of mega thrusters <laughs> said, um, I want to report a complaint because your, your vlog is called nerds in Oregon, yet you're never in Oregon and none of the videos are about Oregon. And so I said, well, yeah. So I think when the, when we, when, uh, when things are safer, we're going to have to do some Oregon stuff. But, um, anyway, yeah, you go to YouTube and go to nerds in Oregon and you can see me in Japan, I guess, at Tokyo Disney. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Chris, this, this is really cool. It's always a blast for us to talk to another fellow Weird Al super fan like yourself. And what a, a, a great story you have and, and all these great uh all these great touches in, in Weird Al history from premiering the truck driving song to <laughs> recording with bermuda and being on all the tribute albums that's just so cool so yeah no it's it's been uh being a weird al fan it's just brought me so much joy and also um you know a lot of uh, artistic kind of uh 
I won't say success, but um, kind of uh, what's the word? It's it's like uh, uh, just just a great feeling of of being able to just be involved, even if tangentially, kind of in kind of a comedy music scene and the world of Doctor Demento and all the fans and everything. Yeah. It's just been great. Yeah. So stay tuned for part two. This is a three-parter like Joel Miller's, right? <laughs> of course. No. Of course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, gentlemen, it's been a blast. Great talking to you. I haven't talked this much about Weird Al. Like, I can't remember. I, I could go on and on and on. Chris, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It is always cool to have someone on our podcast who's been such an active member of the Weird Al community for as long as Chris has. And I can't believe we got the world exclusive that Waffle is not his real name. <laughs> <laughs> you know how he mentioned writing Weird Al rules on his binder in Sharpie? Now, I told him that would make an extremely cool T-shirt. Just his handwriting on a T-shirt that says Weird Al Rules. I would wear that all the time. That's a great idea. Or we could just get a whole bunch of binders and write Weird Al Rules on it in Sharpie ourselves. That, that works. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota a beautiful, it's also fashionable. Did you know listener and Patreon supporter Jackson Scoggins received a Discover Darwin t-shirt in the mail last week? Wait, what? There are no Discover Darwin t-shirts. Well, apparently there are. Didn't you see Jackson's photo? Well, I did see Jackson's photo, and I assume Jackson was partaking in tomfoolery and had the image altered. Are you suggesting that that image of that photo was untainted? It was certainly untainted, Dave. I feel like we need to sue someone over that image. We need to find a really good lawyer in Darwin, Minnesota. Uh, I'm not seeing any lawyers in Darwin, Minnesota, actually. Well, what comes up when you search our extensive Discover Darwin database? Well, Google, I, I mean, our extensive Discover Darwin database just keeps showing me lawyers in Litchfield. Ugh, Litchfield, yuck! Oh, and ads to find single lawyers on Match.com. Ooh, single lawyers. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin, more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Each week we are able to bring you this podcast absolutely free thanks to sponsors like Brito Brito, Angel Valenzuela, and his son David Cash, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, David Grant, and our amazing close personal friend Patreon supporters like Allison, Blair, Jared, Jeff, Javier, Kenneth, Mark, and Zeb. We also give thanks to JM and everyone else in our Patreon family. Revenue from our incredible supporters on patreon.com slash 2000inch allows us to continue doing what we love, which is making fantastically fun, funny, family feline and Fido-friendly Weird Al podcasts for you each and every week. We'd absolutely appreciate your consideration in joining our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family for as little as $1 per month. And remember, just two and a half weeks away, all of our Patreon supporters at the $5 and above tier get to join us at our two-year anniversary concert on our actual anniversary, May 8th, starring Trevor Strong of the Arrogant Worms. If you're not a Patreon supporter yet and you want to attend, be sure to sign up right now to reserve your spot. Now, we get questions 
all the time from many, many people. And they say, well, I'm looking for another way to support your podcast. Well, friends, you are in luck. You can head right over to shop.2000inch.com for official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast merchandise. T-shirts, tote bags, mugs, tank tops, face masks, pillows, and so much more. You can also find us online at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com where you can find information about all of our guests and listen to past episodes like episode 49inch where we interview Marnie Farlow, Weird Al's touring merchandise coordinator. Please join our Facebook group by heading to group.2000inch.com for episode discussions and other exclusive content. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 2000inch and at youtube.2000inch.com. Be sure to share our posts and always, always tell your friends to gill and chill. We love it when you leave us voicemail via our 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, Three, four, seven, spatula. You might even hear your message on the air. You can catch our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice. Whichever you choose, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new episodes when they drop every Wednesday. This spring, we will begin airing our series of bonus episodes where we sit down with John Bermuda Schwartz and go page by page, picture by picture, inch by inch through his book, Black and White and Weird All Over. Time is running out for you to grab the book if you want to be able to follow along with those bonus episodes. Plus, what a better way to celebrate Bermuda being on next week's episode. Wow, cool. No way. And remember, Patreon supporters, you get to hear all of our bonus episodes early, so there's yet another reason for you to join our Patreon family. Thank you once again to our guest this week, Chris Waffle, and thank you as well to Dustin Jablonski, Kenneth Gwinnup, David Grant for sending us each a copy of The Ruins of Our Past, Heather, a.k.a. Spunky Siren, for her review of the Footstep Alcoholic Beverage, and Joe Jaffa, who usually does our alcoholic beverage reviews, but now has some competition. Thank you to Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible theme song. Thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thanks to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters, and sponsors, and everyone else who made this episode and podcast possible. That's right. You heard it earlier. Next week is our Season 2 finale, and... John Bermuda Schwartz will be joining us with even more rare Weird Al clips. That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 103-inch. Like a good close personal friend, Weird Al is there. <laughs> now this is. Uh, are you actually going to play this thing? Yes. Okay. All well, right. how could I deny the fans? Well, a okay. true taste of the next album. It's, it's just an excerpt. I can't even tell you the name of the song. All right. That's but it's, fair enough. It's, uh, it's the song that begins with the letter T. Okay. And it's just it's an excerpt from that song. All right. Are you ready, Uncle Basifis? I'm, I'm, I'm excited. What do you think? Can't wait to hear this new tune. <laughs> it's just an excerpt. Obviously, I can't play the whole song. Right. Okay. So, well, here we go. Okay. Ready, set.
All right. On K Beach. Yeah. K Beach Radio. That's, An excerpt from. Let's hear that again. We got time? 